Welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast channel. Whether you're listening from our beloved Durban, South Africa, or from further away, we trust that you would feel welcome and included in what God is doing in our community, and that you feel inspired by today's message. Hi, everyone. Um, I completely agree with Lutz. I think that we have these choices ahead of us, and who we decide to put around us in the year ahead will have a deep impact on how this year goes. I think many of us are feeling a bit like that lion who's wandered off and really needing somebody to come around us and help us with the battle we face. So why don't you just join me as we pray to open up this message today. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today and I'm just so mindful of the fact that many of us have potentially built things around us and put things up to protect us and have defenses and have wandered off to maybe even lick our wounds, Lord. But today I really pray that as we hear this message, Father, that you would help us to just drop everything that needs to be dropped, to open up where we need to, to step into things that are going to help us to have the right people around us for the most amazing 2021. Just be with us, open our hearts, speak to our spirits, Jesus. Amen. Um, so good to be with you. Um, I certainly feel like we're stepping a little bit back more into normal. It's been so beautiful to be on the beach this week, and it's like final sleeps to kiddies getting back to school. Um, it's, it's just starting to feel a little bit how I think we thought we'd be feeling about a month ago, um, and I truly do celebrate it. Um, so I've got all this weird and wonderful paraphernalia here. I think the creative team nearly died of heart attack when they saw me arriving looking like a preschool of sorts. Um, but bear with me, I'm a very visual person, and I do believe that all these stories and pictures are a part of what we need to hear today. So... Um, a few years ago, actually many years ago now, I was a grade two teacher. And as one of the fundraising efforts, they asked us each to do like a class project. And I wanted to do something that would be original and delightful and make scandalous amounts of money for the school. And I didn't feel that I knew what to do. So I called upon this amazing um, woman who's actually a part of our community. Uh, her name is Corrie Hook. Many of you know her. Sorry, a little pant out here for Corrie. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but it's too late now. Um, and Corrie came along and, and she had this amazing idea. Uh, I had 22 kids in my class and uh, she said, why don't we do, I actually don't remember if it was a unity or diversity both, but, but both work for, for this picture. And she said, basically, we'd get all the kids to make this lovely pinch part and then each child would make themselves like this and sit around these two bowls so there would be 11 around each bowl holding hands and we painted a beautiful South African flag in the middle. And... Um, it was just a beautiful picture of diversity because they were all so different. There were some really quirky, hideous-looking figures. And there were also some gorgeous ones, um, but they were holding hands. And the night of the auction came, and it was unbelievable. There were parents who didn't even have kids in our class bidding and outbidding, and, and it did make a glorious amount of money. And I couldn't really understand because... Most of the time, parents only bid for something that their own child has made, but they seem to just love these like quirky little talking pieces. And um, I do believe that that's got a lot to do with the fact that we're just designed. There is something deep inside of us that resonates with the fact of this unity that God wanted. And particularly, there's something incredible about unity in our diversity and in, in all of our differences. And um, so this is not one of the bowls, okay? But... I got my poor family last night to make this after dinner because I like to see things visually. And so um, it's actually falling apart um, because we didn't do it properly. But, you know, this is my family, a representation of my family. This is 
what they bring to the table. You know, Shell is the stable one. He gets us all into, into order, and he also introduces fun. And then we've got Rachel, who's got this incredible way of saying there's a better way to do it. And often it comes across as quite an appropriate rebuke even. It's a better way to do it, or there's a better way to say it. Or, but she's just phenomenal like that. And then we've got Nick, who just adds humor and lots of hugs and often just says, God's just said this about a situation. And then we've got little Sam who, who just is, uh, he's the one who, who reminds us to care for creatures and the environment and the world. And he's just so tuned in to nature and just reminds us of those important things. And together, this is my little family and, and this is what we bring in our diversity that makes us who we are. Um, so today, we're really looking into this concept that in order to thrive this year, and we do believe that God wants us to thrive and not just survive, we need a spiritual family around us. So what is family? Uh, for me, family is your go-tos. It's like um, I, I would go to my mom for help with grammar, and I would go to my dad for help with legal contracts, and my sister for can I wear this going out of the house, and now I go to my kids for like music stuff, and we, we trust them, we trust our family for advice, this uncle for like what's the state of the future of our country, and we go to them, we trust they'll give us the very best advice they can offer, and um, they're also the people we'll, we feel safe with. We can just wear those revolting shorts that are maybe seven years past the bin and feel comfortable in silence, and there's just something spectacular about family. Now, I do say that with full recognition that not everybody has had good family experiences. Ours has by no means been perfect. It's been certainly littered with a good deal of heartache and pain, but by and large, family for me is a wonderful space and a space where we just enjoy, thoroughly enjoy being together. Um, I am such a huge fan of family. So I just want to share my absolute horror when I was doing my uh, our engagement course, Sheldon and I, and it was week three or four and we were doing kind of well so far. And they said it was family tree night and we should each draw our family tree and then share uh, about our family tree. And I needed more paper because I've got a very big family and I was just drawing away happily for a long time. And then looked with utter horror on Sheldon's piece of paper where there were about six names, like mom, dad, sister, me, and two others that were vague. And um, I was deeply disturbed. Um, and I, I just kind of was even more disturbed by the fact that he didn't seem too fussed about the vagueness. Uh, he was like, yeah, there's these people, but I don't really know who they are, how they fit in. And um, I think that that pastor was praying feverishly for Sheldon that week as he saw how I left spluttering. Um, but I said, you know, since especially we had met in a nightclub, I didn't know if his family was all like convicted felons or mass murderers. And so I said, we have to get together and have a family gathering. Like, please, just find them and call them together and let's get together. Not only because I wanted to make sure that they were all okay, but it, family is just deeply important to me. And so we did have a gathering and, and it actually reconnected a lot of them. And we ended up, most of us, actually in the same church, which is really cool. But um, family is just massively important to me. And we went on, obviously, to get married. And we said these vows on our wedding day. I'll read them from the screen. If we can have those Ruth, the Ruth verse. Uh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Just give us a moment. Wherever you go, I will go. 
Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And, you know, we said this, we said this way before we knew that we'd go through a crazy season of moving around to follow a call. We said this before we knew that we would end up having both moms and a sister and a dad live with us. Um, we said this before uh, we had actually made our God our God. Um, and we said this at our wedding. And of course, the importance of this verse is that this is how Ross actually started the series. Um, he started by looking at this concept that when we make our own plans, we go off to the land of Moab, and that's what this family had done. And everything went pear-shaped there. They were trying, they were kind of saying, God, you, you haven't got us sorted here in this land. We'll go there and it'll get better. And it got absolutely worse. And so Naomi is going back and Ruth decides to return with her. And she is therefore choosing to go into God's plan, God's will. And um, this is, these are the words that she says, that she will make this family her family and this God her God. If you didn't hear week one, I really encourage you to go listen. It was such a fantastic message. So here we all are. We are on a path, I believe, of moving from being a healthy me to being a healthy we. And we need people around us to help that to happen. So we get born and by design, all we can do is be focused on ourselves. You know, um, it's very basic and our world is ourself. But through the help of a tribe and people around us and our family, we grow and we become increasingly aware of others. And really, a family has done well if they've raised children who do well in the we space. So we, we first of all have our family and then we enlist help from teachers as we get educated. And if you're passionate about music, you'll go to a music teacher. And if you want to surf, you'll go to a surfing teacher. But you, you, you work out what you need as you're growing from this just me to this fully functional, flourishing person. And you enlist the people that you need in order to help you grow. We know for sure that if you were wanting to learn ballet, you wouldn't go to a mechanic. And if you're wanting to grow in your spiritual walk, we hope you don't go to Facebook. If you're wanting to grow into your spiritual walk, then that is exactly why you're going to need a spiritual family. So let's look at what God says about all of this. Um, sorry, just back a step. I feel just as we're going into that, that a sorrow of mine has been that in much of the church, we kind of see this mirroring of what happens in society around being individualistic and being, I'm okay on my own and being geared to survive on my own, playing out. And it's kind of like people have this moment of meeting God and, and it's, a, it's a me God moment. Um, often with nobody else around, there might have been people who brought you there, but that moment of finding your savior is a me him thing. And I'm sad about the fact that I think many people have begun to believe that as long as it's me and God, we'll be okay. And today is really to persuade you that, yes, whilst God is enough, there is so much of the growth and the maturing and the way we're going that has to happen beyond just the me and God. So if we just look at what God shows us, it's this, um, first of all, he makes Adam and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. He wants there to be more than one. And then there's Abraham and Sarah and this whole family tribe that he says will do it through this vehicle of this family. And then there's the disciples. And then there's a moment where the Holy Spirit comes where they were gathered together. And then there's a wedding feast at the end. And it's all these moments of beautiful, incredible things happening in the spaces of togetherness. Many of us have heard the saying that goes, blood is thicker than water. And what that refers to is that um, our family, the people that we are 
born with are more important than those who aren't. And then some of you would have heard the saying that says, blood is thicker than water, but spirit is thicker than blood. And I believe that Jesus speaks to this in a verse um, from Matthew 12. Let's have, have a look at this. Um, it's quite a, at first look, shocking verse, um, but Jesus didn't really beat around the bush. So let's have a look. It says, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. It's, it's quite an incredible statement from Jesus. And I always find that when I want to understand something better, I just kind of have to delve in and imagine the situation. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that for a moment. Just imagine that you're Mary and his brothers, and you've come to see Jesus, and there's a reason. Um, I imagine it's more than like Jesus, where are the nail clippers or some other mundane family thing. Um, I think that they know that he's about important business, and there's an important reason for him being there, for them coming. Um, it was very likely because they'd heard rumors that he was causing massive upset wherever he went. There were, in a few chapters before, there was a bunch of Pharisees who had said they were actually having a meeting to work out how to kill him. And I'm fairly sure that his family would have known um, that he was potentially in danger. Maybe his brothers were actually worried that he was getting them into trouble or them into danger and dragging down the family name. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, Jesus is saying there that it's those who do the will of my father who are my brothers and sisters and my mother. And Mary is there. And if anyone in Scripture could show us that they were after the will of the father, it's Mary. So was she there to be a referee? I'm not sure. Maybe the brothers were upset about something. It seems that the brothers only became followers of Jesus after his resurrection. But just imagine being his blood family and being told just possibly to wait and that these people here are as important, if not more so important than you. Imagine for a moment that you're in the crowd. You've heard about this incredible teacher. He's giving different insights into these ancient texts that are light and yet challenging and exciting and are just utterly different to all the other teachers who've gone before him. And there you are in a room with this man, this incredible man who's just causing mayhem wherever he goes. And he says this staggering thing, you are my mother and my sister and my brother. It's a massive moment. It reminds me of when... Um, at a wedding, a dad of the father of the bride says to the son-in-law, welcome to the family. You're a part of us. It's one of those moments that can like, cause our eyes to leak. It's a big thing to say you're a part of this family now. Imagine you're Jesus. And he's saying, you guys here in this moment, you're here because you have the same desire as me. You want what the father wants. You're my family. Um, I try and like, put this into reality and I, you know, Ross is here and I go, Ross, I don't know anything about your birth. I imagine that maybe there were rhinos and elephants stampeding around. But you were born as a physical man, 
But because you were born as a spiritual man and I was born as a spiritual woman, we have a different family that we're engaged in, and you're my brother. And this is that moment for everybody who's sitting around Jesus. For me, um, something that was also happening here is that this, as I read this text and I was like, God, what's the big thing here? I just felt that he was highlighting to me the power of this moment. It was a moment where he could have answered anything. And I mean, he's God, but, you know, he's wrestling, I think, with this. I would imagine this, there's this, he's fully God and he's fully man. You know, he was fully man, born of Mary, um, but fully spirit because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And this wrestle of my physical family out there and my spiritual family in here, um, I don't think he would have skipped a beat though. And in this moment, he just makes a staggering distinction of who his family is. Am I causing a problem here with my earrings? Or is it all good? All good. Okay, sorry. Just have to check those things out. Um, so what is the Father's will? You know, I think if you speak to different people at different journeys on their life, they might tell you different things. But definitely, I think we would all agree that the Father's will is for his children, his world, to be reconciled to him. For healing to take place, for salvation to take place, for everything that was robbed and destroyed and stolen to be brought back into how he had wanted it to do, um, it to be. And so this is the thing today. If he's talking to this family, he's now established him in his, as his family, and he's saying... You're here because you, you, you worry and you care about the same things that my father does. And we're growing together in what that looks like. There's something incredible that happens. Now, it could be simply that there is something happening personally for the people, that the people there are being healed and the people there are being reconciled and restored and redeemed. And we know that Jesus had that it would go further than that than that, those people. Just for us pastors, with what we've been seeing and hearing and dealing with in the last season, today we want this just to be about you and what you're needing in this moment, what healing you're after, what you're needing in a spiritual family. And so I want to draw you to this statement that I think will be such a helpful and powerful take-home for all of us about what God wants to happen for us in this place of spiritual family. And... Um, it goes like this. It says, when the I becomes we, if you can just, thank you. When the I becomes we, when we go from this place of me and God to we and God, then illness becomes wellness. I love it. It's, you know, quite a pop sack kind of term probably came about somewhere in about the 80s. Um, origins are unclear. But when I turned to we, Illness becomes wellness. And I want to ground that in a verse quickly. I don't have the verse about to come up. But it's a verse that we will all know very well from when we've sat around, those of us who have been in prayer spaces and prayer meetings. We say it and we declare it and we believe it. And I think that it speaks to the same thing that we're talking about today. It says this, Matthew 18, 20, For where two or more gather in my name, there I am present. And you know, he works in the individual, but I believe that he, he, God rocks up in the collective. 
When we're there together, where there are two or more gathered and I'm present, now we have, here's another bowl that my daughter made. We've got the one with the prophetic word who comes together. We've got the one who's just brilliant at problem solving. We've got the one who's an encourager, the one who's a comforter, the one who makes us laugh, the one who has incredible business solutions, the one who has the contact that you need because they love you and they're after the best for you. And we have this incredible togetherness where God gets to rock up and pitch up in all of his people who have the same will as the Father for reconciliation and redemption and healing and health and wellness. I know that this last season has been rough and some of us have absolutely struggled meeting on Zoom. And I do want to say regarding that thing, I'm not for a moment saying that everybody should be um, ignoring sickness and COVID at this moment and rushing together in groups. Please don't hear me saying that at all. Um, but we need to find ways that are going to help us to be together to draw on the gifts of one another. And I know that Zoom has been a tough space and a lot of us are over it. I know that some of you have been in life groups and it hasn't worked out. I know that some of you have been in life groups that have been magical. Some of you have been in the same life group for 20 years. Some of you assemble around a cause. Some of you assemble around a hobby. But basically, whatever it is, there are groups that assemble because of the same will of the Father. And I recognize that for some, it's not been great over the last season. And today, I believe that God is speaking to this thing of a moment, a moment where you will decide what you need and you will trust God to get you what you need in terms of a spiritual family. Um, a few years back, I was in a life group. It was a wonderful life group. I loved it to bits, but I, I have no difficulty sharing um, anything going on. I'm not really embarrassed about anything. And in this season, I didn't realize it, but I was actually incredibly depressed and was in actually a burnout and I didn't know it, but I felt that I needed a very small companion group, a small little unit that was gonna be a spiritual family for me beyond my life group. Um, I just felt that sharing what I needed to share maybe wasn't the best thing for that group. And so I had seen this group of three ladies who called themselves the Trinity Friends. And I kind of saw that and I thought, that's what I need. And I said, God, I need that. I said that in a meeting that I'd gone to. Um, I'd kind of dragged myself there with the last amount of energy that I felt I had. And got into this meeting and I was like, God, I really need a Trinity friendship. This, I need a group of three for this season. And prayed it. And the next thing I knew, the woman who was leading the meeting said, I need a volunteer. And even though I felt as flat as a pancake, I just felt a prompting of the spirit that I needed to stand up. And it was a moment of just stepping out of the boat and I must stand up and be this volunteer, which I did. Um, and she asked if I would please just pretend to be Jesus for this example that she was going to do. Then she asked for two more volunteers. And true as anything, they ended up being, she asked the one to be the Holy Spirit and the one to be God. And I just stood there with tears streaming down my face because I knew in that moment that God had given me this Trinity friendship. And in these two ladies, I found that they had been needing the same thing. I found that there was a quiet, tender, gentle place where we just journeyed together for a season and it was exactly what was needed. It reminds me of uh, Moses 
when he was lifting his arms, the Israelites would be winning the battle. And when his arms got tired and they went down, things wouldn't go so well. And God made sure that he had who he needed placed around him. And so there was Aaron and her who were there to lift his arms when he couldn't hold them any longer. I really and truly believe that if you look for it, God has who you need around you. I knew what I needed. I asked for it, but I had to take a step. I had to respond in a moment and go, I'm going to do something because I'm stepping towards what I know I need. Um, at the beginning of last year, a very dear friend actually shared a prophetic word here and in our church that God had shown her that we as his children had our hands in chains behind our backs and that it would require each other to unlock what we needed for our freedom and for our health and for our wellness. And the, you know, the significance of the hands behind the back is that... Um, we can't unlock it ourselves. We need somebody else to do that. And it is this, it's the, what we all bring to the table, this diversity and unity that allows for those chains to be unlocked. Then a while back, my husband Sheldon had this word. He was sitting at the beach praying and as clear as daylight, he had this word for our community that vulnerability would lead to breakthrough. Now, if you think about vulnerability for a moment, we can be vulnerable with God, but it's not really vulnerability. It's more like just honesty, I suppose, because God actually knows everything. But vulnerability is what you do when you actually share where you're at, when it's difficult, when it's not the thing you want to be talking about, but you take that bold step out and you say, this is where I'm at. And there was this word that that would lead to breakthrough. And we saw that happen in the most incredible ways over the next season. When we take the I and we put it into the we, illness becomes wellness. I really and truly believe that there is a spiritual family for you. Whether it's that you need to knit back into the family that you've been in. Maybe you've been kind of pitching up on Zooms or maybe some of you have been meeting in person and you're just feeling like, I'm just not getting anything out in this season. But maybe you're the one with the keys for somebody else. I truly believe that God has what you need. And we're going to have a, a moment of prayer where we can just determine what it is that we need and then be willing to step out and to do it. I think that some of you, just need to reconcile what it is that you're needing. Where, where do you need to grow in your spiritual journey in the season? And pull those people in, pull those experts in, pull in that aunt or that uncle in your spiritual family or that little group that's going to help you for the next season. Find, um, so I think some of us, many who are watching maybe, have got big questions, big questions about the faith. Sign up for an alpha. I think some of you might be struggling a bit with your marriage. Sign up for Kylo. Some of you are just wanting to knit in for the very first time into a life group. Sign up for the big night out on Tuesday nights. Um, some of you are just needing to get together as a bunch of guys and pray. Do it. And I feel, you know, sometimes you might do it and only one guy arrives and then you decide to stop doing it. People have changed. Lives have been interrupted. And if you know that you need to be the one who starts that thing, just do it and trust that it will be added to in time. Some of us are needing to plug into a Bible study. 
But whatever it is, I know that you know what you need. If you want to be a spiritual being who wants to grow in your faith, you need to dive into a group of people who have the same will as the Father and who want to see that happen to you. Won't you pray with me? Father, I just thank you that you are a God of moments, that everything can change in a moment. Father, I thank you that you are a God who designed it, that we would do things together. That the gifts in one another would bring around healing. And Father, I know that you just want us to dive in and to grow and to get excited about doing your will on this earth. And Father, for many of us, that just starts with right now where we're at, feeling maybe like that lion who's just kind of off and being attacked and in the battlefield and we need somebody to come alongside us. For some of us, we just need renewed passion to get back into our groups. For some of us, we need something brand new. But Father, won't you just confirm in our hearts right now what it is that we need And Father, if there are spaces where we have taken bold steps before and it's gone badly, won't you just give us renewed courage? Won't you touch and heal us from those experiences? Allow us to just take steps out of the boat and into the next thing that you have for us. Father, we, so many of us are just feeling battered and bruised and numb and anxious, and depressed, and uncertain. And we believe, God, that you have placed the people around us who can help us to overcome those things. Help us, Father, to step out of the boat, to do the next thing, so that 2021 can be a great year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really encourage you to take that step. I believe it is what God wants, and I believe you can trust him to find that right group for you for this next season. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to find out more information about Olive Tree Church, please visit our website at otc.org.za or email info at otc.org.za. We hope you have an amazing week.